You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. It feels like I'm sitting in the waiting room waiting for something to happen. That is a quote. It's not a quote from one client. It's a quote or very similar to many quotes that I've had or I've heard from clients and program owners over the years. People hanging around, wasting their lives, waiting for something to happen, waiting for their goals to be achieved, waiting for their perfect moments to take place, waiting instead of living. Many years ago, I recollect a conversation with a client who, when I met him first, was a sales manager in the motor industry. And he said that he had lived the first decade of his professional life by targets, budgets, quarterly targets, sales goals. And he said to me, he said, I live my life according to goals, goals and objectives. He said, and as a result, I realized after a few years, I was living my life in a constant state of dissatisfaction. Most people can empathize with living their lives in a state of constant dissatisfaction for the simple reason that most people are waiting for something to happen. That is, if in the first place they are in any way aware enough to realize that great things could happen in their life or anything could happen in their life other than the norms of ordinary everyday existence. But this is your life. Right now, this is your life. And if you are anticipating something that hasn't happened yet, or if you are looking forward to something that you hope will happen, you're missing the activity and the action that is actually going on in the here and now. This podcast goes out on a Wednesday morning. And I recollect again, many years ago, somebody saying to me when I met him for lunch on a Wednesday, sure, it's nearly the weekend. Wednesday lunch, it's all downhill from here. Thursday evening drinks, Friday evening meal out. Then it's the weekend. He was missing the fact that Wednesday was the day of his life at that moment in time. Our lives pass us by when we are looking forward to things that haven't happened yet. Our lives certainly pass us by if we have fallen for the notion that we are in the waiting room, waiting for something to happen. What would you be waiting for? What kind of things have you not got at the moment that you would like to have? You know, I mentioned goals a minute ago when I talked about that sales manager. And very often, even in this podcast, I talk about goals and objectives. And I don't like either of those words. And I have said that to you before. What I prefer is outcomes because our subconscious mind operates on the basis of achieving the outcomes to which we have set it. And the outcomes to which we set our subconscious mind or to which we best set our subconscious mind are outcomes of a feeling of satisfaction. 
a feeling of excitement, a feeling of, dare I use the word, joy, where I'm actually fully immersed in the experience of having achieved something without having told my subconscious mind exactly what it is that I've achieved to get me to that experience. Now, that's very important because when we use our minds normally, we tend to set our goals and objectives on the basis of specifics. By the end of 2026, I will have this amount of money in the bank. Or by the end of this year, we will have doubled our sales. Or by the end of next year, I'll have found a partner and married him or her. I'm serious. Some people actually set goals around that in that way. Why do you think I call some people normal, crazy people? But when we set goals in that specific way, we put blinkers on. We stop ourselves being open-minded enough to embrace other opportunities that might be greater than the opportunities that our thinking mind would suggest to us that are the epitome of success and happiness. Let me put it another way. When you set goals for yourself on the basis of this is the kind of happiness and success that I want, and this is what it looks like, and this is what I will have, then with the best will in the world, having thought in one particular way on an automatic loop for all of our adult lives, having thought that way for so long, it's going to be very, very difficult for one to set one's goals and objectives with a completely blue sky, blank horizon, blank canvas, if you like. As a result of that, we constrain our own ideas of happiness and success. We constrain our own ideas of what goals and objectives we should set for ourselves. Indeed, normally speaking, when the people with whom I work and have worked over the years first set out their goals and objectives, they set out what they consider to be realistic goals and objectives. Now, realistic is a construct of the thinking mind, and realistic is based on how we've been told the world works. You know, all the nonsense that we were told when we were young and impressionable, like you have to better yourself or you have to work hard to be a success. All of those things combine to give us a sense of what is and isn't realistic and that to which we are entitled or not entitled or at a deeper level, the things which we might wish for, but which we believe deep down we do not deserve. Now, deserving, realistic, all of those words that I've just mentioned, they're all constructs of the thinking mind and they are constraints and they are needless constraints because when we let ourselves out into the open fully, when we, so to speak, just let go, our inner selves will lead us in the direction that is best for us, the best life for us. We've no idea what is best for us. We only have a semblance of a notion constructed by thought as to what we're actually looking for in our lives. And most people, pretty much everybody with whom I've ever worked, when they have let themselves go, have discovered that the life that they create for themselves as a result of having freed up their energy so that they are, as we've discussed before, co-creators in an energetic universe. The life that they have created for themselves that way is way beyond any imagined realistic goals and objectives that they might have otherwise set for themselves using their own way of thinking.
So for starters, the first point I would make, well, it's actually the second point I'd make because I've already made the point in relation to the waiting room, which I'll come back to a little later on, by the way. But the second and the most important point I would make here today is that we should throw away our notions of what we think happiness and success looks like. We should discard our ideas for what our business might look like or what our career might look like. We should throw ourselves on the mercy of the universe. Now, I am slightly adjusting a well-worn saying that we should throw ourselves on the mercy of God. And I've adjusted it deliberately for two reasons. Number one, we know from the perspective of modern science, in particular quantum physics, that the universe is controlled by some form of underlying entity. And that when we immerse ourselves in the flow of the universe, we're going to get what is best for us. That's why I chose the word universe. But I have adjusted that old saying for a different reason as well, because certainly in the era in which I grew up in Holy Catholic Ireland, throwing yourself on the mercy of God literally meant lying down prostrate and saying, whip me God because I deserve it. Now, I'm being slightly tongue-in-cheek facetious when I say that, but you know what I mean, because we were all taught that we were hopeless sinners in need of redemption. We were all taught at some point along the way that we needed, as I said a few minutes ago, even it's the premise of education, To we needed to better ourselves. We were all taught that if we enjoyed ourselves and had milk and honey in this life, there'd be no milk and honey in the next life, to put it mildly. Now, I said something along those lines to a group of people just outside London, out in Stoke Poges, out in the countryside a number of years ago, a group I was working with. And I said, that's certainly my background, Holy Catholic Ireland background. And a couple of people in the room said, oh, no, 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 no. That's an Anglican background. That's a Presbyterian background. That is, in other words, a Judeo-Christian perspective on who we are and our place in the world. In other words, it is a Western civilization perspective. And even though most people assume that as a result of a, a new enlightenment that has been experienced over the last few years, and I would hope there is a new enlightenment in your life, oh, as a result of that, people seem to think, ah, oh, we've discarded that old way of thinking. But those old ways of thinking, which are socioeconomic as well as cultural, as well as religious, run deep. They run really deep. And that kind of understanding of who we are and our place in the world and how the world works isn't going to go away overnight. It's like as if you were inoculated with that at birth and there's still a drop of it running around in your veins. You need to get over all of that. So when we throw ourselves on the mercy of the universe, basically what we're saying is, give me all good things. Or actually, what we're saying, listen carefully to this is, what we're saying is, I am letting go. I am allowing all good things flow for me. Didn't say flow to me. I said for me. And in doing that, I am allowing all good things flow for me and those whose life I touch. Some people have said to me over the years, you're talking about being very selfish, really, aren't you? But it is the most selfless thing to put yourself first in your life. 
because when you put yourself first in your life, you are freely available for those who you would otherwise only claim to love. When we realize that we are the most important person in our life, and what I mean by that is that if we don't look after ourselves, and in particular our own mental well-being, state of mind, spiritual well-being, if you will, if you don't look after that first, you are not useless to the people around you. You're a danger to the people around you. So we need to understand and realize that I, I, I need to let go of everything that I thought about myself, everything that I thought I knew about how the world works, and see what happens in the here and now, because it is in the here and now that our lives are lived. So if I think I'm in the waiting room, as I said right at the beginning, or if I have this feeling of expectation that I'm waiting for something to happen, I'm missing the here and now. If I have goals for myself and I have set out, as normal crazy people would, an action plan to enable me achieve those goals, I am going to literally drive myself crazy because no action plan ever written was ever implemented in the way in which it was written because the minute the ink was dry on the action plan, circumstances had changed. And very often the actions that the normal crazy person will set for themselves are actions that they know somewhere deep down they will never take because they think the actions might make them uncomfortable. They think the actions might be too big for them. They can't see themselves taking those actions and yet they know these are the actions that I need to take to move myself forward or at least they think they know. Let's look at life how it actually works. I turn up to my life in the here and now. I am present. My mind is clear of all the thoughts that give rise to all the ridiculous notions and constraints that I just mentioned a couple of minutes ago. I have no misgivings about me. I know who I am. I know I am the most important person in my life. I know that I am not in need of redemption because I know that I'm an integral part of the universe. Even if you look at things from a religious perspective, we're told that we're part of God. You know, from my tradition, I was educated as a Roman Catholic, and many people in the Judeo-Christian tradition will know what I'm quoting here, where the Bible tells us that we are all part of the body of Christ. So I know who I am. I know I am the most important person in my life. I know I am an integral part of the universe. We know that from the perspective of quantum physics. I know that if I keep my mind clear, I will always put my best foot forward in every now to ensure that I move not in the right direction or in the direction that I think I will find my goals and objectives, but I will move in the best direction for me and those around me because being present, my presence will uplift those around me too. So what are the key components of what I've just said? Number one, a divesting of oneself of the thoughts that hold us back. Now that sounds as if there's some heavy lifting involved. There's almost no lifting involved at all. What I need to do is I need to meditate. Now, we know from a scientific perspective that meditation will change the very structure of my brain. 
We know from a scientific perspective that because of the component parts of the brain that are altered and restructured as a result of meditation, I will know instinctively, gut instinct, I will know instinctively where I am and what I need to do to move in a direction that I know instinctively is best for me. This is the way your brain operates anyway. It's just that in modern times, our brains have become increasingly noisy as a result of the 70,000 thoughts that run through the average brain's head every day. We've talked about that so many times in the past. I'm not going to bother to go back into the science of it. 10,000 years ago, if I was confronted by a man or woman eating tiger without any opportunity to think about it, obviously, because if I did think about it, I'd be dead. I would know exactly where I am and I would know exactly what the right moves were to make to enable me achieve what was best for me. Fast forward to 2023. The brain works exactly the same way. Unfortunately, evolution gave us that part of the brain programmed to scan our environment for threats. We know that meditation in restructuring those parts of the brain flicks a switch in the subcortical brain, so to speak, so that I'm no longer just focused on threats. I am naturally, instinctively, and in the moment, focused on both threats. Obviously, I need to stay focused on threats. But more importantly, now I am focused on opportunities. Even more importantly, as a result of my being present in the moment, I free up my energy. We know that from the latest science, again, from the perspective of neuroscience, but also from the perspective of bioelectricity and from the perspective of the movement of energy in our bodies around the primovascular system in the body, which sits alongside the vascular system. The primovascular system being the part of our being that enables our energy flow through our energetic being, because we are just energy. We know all this from a scientific perspective. But what it means is that as a result of my meditating and being present, not only am I now tuned in to opportunities as well as threats, I am a co-creator of those opportunities as a result of having freed up my energy through meditation and having cleared my mind so that my energy goes out into the universe and it carries my intentions out into the universe with it. That's not an airy-fairy, or as a friend of mine in Tucson, Arizona would say, a woo-woo idea. That's, I'm not talking airy-fairy here. I'm talking about the very latest in science that tells us when I'm free, when I'm coherent, when I'm free of thought, my energy is flowing out into the universe and the photons of light that my coherent electromagnetic pulse of my energy enables flow out into the universe, carries messages, my intentions out into the universe. And therefore I begin to become a co-creator of opportunities. And not opportunities that will bring me to where I thought I wanted to go because clearly we've left thought behind at this stage. I used the word divest a minute ago, which, as I said a minute ago, suggests that there is heavy lifting involved in getting rid of the thoughts that hold you back. It's, it's effortless. All you have to do is meditate every day. 
I've just finished a boot camp with a number of people. And as I said to them towards the end, you don't need to concern yourself with what kind of actions you need to take moving forward. You don't need to concern yourself with what kind of goals you think you want. You don't need to concern yourself with how you behave yourself or how you react to situations. All you need to concern yourself with is meditating so that you free your mind so that in every situation, you know where you are and you know what you need to do that will move you in the direction that is best for you. The life that is best for you. This is completely different from the goals that people generally set for themselves. I've often quoted a friend of mine, one of my early clients back in Dublin in the 1990s, who set a goal for himself, and he actually set his mind in the way in which I had suggested to him, set his mind to achieve the goal of being promoted to a senior role in the organization that he worked for. I told him that he was constraining himself, that he was putting on the blinkers that I mentioned earlier on, that he was closing his mind to other opportunities. And he was actually using his old fashioned way of automated thinking to set a goal for himself that would give him the happiness and success that he thought he wanted. Now, he didn't listen to any of that. He just took my advice in relation to how to set his mind and set his mind to get that goal. And a few months later, got that job and kind of sneered at me saying, you know, I got what I wanted. Now, there you are. I'm fine now. Thank you very much. And six months later, I get a phone call from him saying that he had climbed to the top of the hill and he didn't like the view. Not only did he not like the view, he had come to the conclusion that he had climbed the wrong hill. And not only that, he had come to the conclusion that he had wasted seven or eight years of his life scrambling up the wrong hill. When we use our thinking minds to construct our ideas of happiness and success, our ideas of happiness and success are inevitably going to be adulterated, tainted, poisoned, by the norms of what passes for happiness and success in a world where people are sitting in the waiting room. In a world where people are waiting for something big to happen, but afraid to take the actions that they know they need to take to make what they want to happen come to pass. You need to let all that go. You need to throw yourself on the mercy of the universe. You need to, and here's a word that I have become very fond of over the last few months, you need to allow yourself to allow the universe flow into you and through you so that your own energy in concert with universal energy simply and effortlessly enables you always put your best foot forward. Do what you need to do. Say what you need to say without fear nor favor, without thinking about it. And just put your best foot forward to lead you towards the life that is best for you effortlessly. That's a key word, effortlessly. But let's come back to the start of this conversation today, where I talked about the number of people over the years who had said to me that they were either living their lives in a constant state of dissatisfaction, waiting for something to happen, or that they were in the waiting room, wondering when their number would be up, I suppose. No, they were actually wondering when what they wanted to happen would happen. 
uh, you know, as if sitting in the waiting room doing nothing would actually enable what they wanted to happen come to pass. As I said right at the beginning today, you know, you're not in a waiting room. You're not waiting for something to happen. This is your life. This is your life here and now. And when we are completely present in the here and now, as a result of restructuring our brains through meditation, let me put that another way, as a result of having taken control of our own personal evolution, as a result of having restructured our brain through meditation, when we are fully present in the moment, regardless of what is going on around us, or regardless of what we think is going on around us, or if we're really normal crazy, regardless of what we think about what we think is going on around us, think about that for a minute, when we are in that flow, what we experience is in this moment, the very best. In other words, if you look after your state of mind and if you become present in the here and now as a result of having looked after your state of mind, you're going to realize through first-hand, real-time experience that you are living the life that is best for you here and now. And that, my friends, is liberating. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willie-hall.com.